Hi, I'm Amanda Johns. And I'm Ryan Lynch. And this is our weekly podcast, Worth the Work. A quirky and insightful look into the world of therapy with topics that matter to you. Let's get started. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Amanda. So, what we talking about today? Okay, I don't know where that weird accent came from. We are talking about communication. You talk about my accent? Hey, well, I figured if you, you can do it, it like I can that. do it. So we're talking about communication. Correct. Okay. What is, what is, so what is, what is communication? Well, uh, okay. Okay. So what I, so... Communication, it sounds like something super simple. It's just... There are college classes and degrees in communication. That is correct. And there are a million different ways to look at it, yet you tend to think, I think most people do, is it's just this very simple thing. And in reality, it's a lot more complicated (laughs) than that. So, you know, when when we talk about communication, obviously it is... I'm trying to think of how to define it without... Communication in the title. Using verbal and nonverbal cues to share information. I feel like that's a good definition. Uh, yeah, but I would argue it shares more than just information. But yes. Really? If it yeah. shares, what what is it sharing other than information? Emotion? Isn't emotion information? I mean, I feel like that's a stretch. You don't inform people by sharing emotion? If If... You can give me that face all day, but if I have a look on my face that mm-hmm. says that I'm angry, I am informing you. I'm giving you information of my anger. Well, let's just agree that I'm right start, and move on. And when I start yelling at you out of anger, then I inform you that I am angry. You really like informed, don't you? I do, because it was an excellent word yeah. to use to so describe dictate, communication. So is dictate, but we're not going to talk about that, are we? Mm. 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 Do okay. Do some more mansplaining you'd like to do? Oh, please. Here we go. <laughs> she falls back on that every time. All right. So like we talked about, there are two main forms of communication, verbal and nonverbal. To right? share information. This is going to be a long, <laughs> long episode. So, okay. So obviously let's, let's start with verbal first because right. that's the most common That you think of when you hear the word communication. So did you know that there are four main communication types? Interestingly enough, Ryan, I did. I mean, obviously, because otherwise you'd be really bad at this field. I'd be so bad at what I do. Do you know what they are? You know, Ryan, I do. (laughs) Assertive. Okay. Passive aggressive. Uh Uh-huh. Aggressive. Uh Uh-huh. And non-assertive. Well, the other one's just passive, but right. yes, that's not close assertive. Enough. I, Listen, I'm not the one with the list in front of my face. So I know. Well, that's because you're unprepared. Well, you know, or All I just right. know a lot of stuff. So, oh, jeez. You mean information? I don't need a list. Okay, let's <laughs> let's focus. All right, so you know, aggressive communication. Let's start with that. So. What do you think of when I say aggressive communication? So, of course, because I think in pictures, my mm-hmm. brain goes straight to somebody attacking. So coming after somebody, and I almost get this visual of like a, a bear mm-hmm. attacking somebody or something. Okay. Why? What do you think of? Well, I I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I obviously, if, if I'm talking about communication, it's more verbal than... Rawr! 
Oh my god, I can't. I can't. Does anybody want to do a podcast with me? So, yeah. So basically, you know, aggressive is like somebody really coming at somebody verbally. You know, it's not always yelling. I think that's a misconception yeah. that can exist. But but it very much is. You know, talking to them a lot or yeah, or not a lot, but a. I want to say aggressively, aggressively, but that's... Do you want to give an example? Do you want me to give an example? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. I'm just giving a fair warning. I'm going to sound aggressive. And this will be her normal conversation. <gasps> that was a little aggressive. Actually, that was pretty passive aggressive. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I'm such a nice person that it's hard for me to think of an aggressive statement. So, let's see. Ryan, I'm really, really over you at this point. Okay, I don't know why you're yelling. Right? I was being aggressive. I know. I was just kidding. I mean, okay, I could good. Do it like Ryan, I'm so over you at this point, and then that's like aggressive. not yelling, but also is aggressive. Yeah, it doesn't have to be yelling, and I think that's a really important. It's also like the words you say, right? You know right. how you talk to somebody, Some, not just yeah the the volume of your voice, right. right? So then the kind of opposite of that is passive, right? Right. And that's where, you know, you're not sharing your needs. You're not talking about the things you, you want Don't or need. Speak. I know what you're <laughs> Okay. Please. Okay. Stop. So, <laughs> but that is where, you know, if, if somebody's being aggressive with you and you're just like extremely passive and, you know, just kind of accepting it's of okay. it. I'll sorry. Ex- I'll take, okay. Yeah. It's my fault. I'm right. Sorry. Right. So that, you know, that's the passive side, okay? And then we have passive aggressive, which is the el combination of the two. A lot of sarcasm two. in Yes. Yeah. Sarcasm is a huge part of of passive aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us do it. Oh, sure. Sure. And, you know, a lot of times you may not even mean to do it, right. but it is, right? That's where you, you you kind of say something but also mean something else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not passive aggressive, so oh, um, I know you do it, so <laughs> I don't know how to really display it right now. Okay. That was passive aggressive. Exactly. Yeah, that was. Right. So it's almost like, a, you know, I think of the, the really horrible pickup technique of of a compliment within an insult or vice versa. You know, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Did people really try to do pickups? Oh, yeah. yeah. With an it, insult? Yeah. You mm-hmm. like, I really like your hair. Most people wouldn't be that brave to wear it that way or something like that. As a pickup line, Yes, yeah, swear to God. Tr- look it up. Mm. I mean, these are what the, the sleazy pickup artists do. I mean, it's, you know, because you, you put them down while picking them up and, you know, whatever. I don't. It's, you say so. I mean, I don't do it. I'm just telling you what I, what <laughs> it is. You seem to be well versed in it. Oh so my god! Can I get a new job? All right, and then that we was have a really good demonstration of passive aggressive communication. Just then, welcome. So then we have assertive, right? And this is the one where it's the uh, quote unquote healthiest of the four. It's where you're you're willing you're able to express how you're feeling, what's going on for you. And what your needs are without being in a downputting or aggressive way. Ryan, I am feeling incredibly frustrated and I don't know what to do. And I don't think it has anything to do with you. But I'd like us to have a conversation to figure out how 
I can move past this. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure you're the problem. Okay. See, right there at the end. <laughs> good, 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 bad. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's a good example of assertive communication without, without, without the last, the last part. part. You know, yeah. it's not that you're the problem. Um, that was passive aggressive at the end. Correct. Mm-hmm. So those are the the main communication types, and we and you're not do using one all the time or vice versa. It's very much a um, you ebb and flow through things. But you know, some people you know struggle with being more assertive versus you know, and and I think it's also important to acknowledge that assertive doesn't mean dominant. Right, and so. Of course, my head always goes to the spaces of when the word assertive is used in a way as an insult, right? Right. And so I think a lot of times we tend to gender forms of communication in ways that are not healthy or helpful and in ways that help to sort of um, prevent people from speaking in ways that are actually helpful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so something that we see a lot is we see women who are assertive being referred to as uh, derogatory terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to state that that assertiveness is not a bad quality. It's no. not a bad trait. It's important that we all have the ability to speak our needs and to not feel muted um, when we do speak. We have a right to say how we feel and we have a right to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I just really want to say that you know, when women speak their mind or when women hold very strong boundaries in communication, there is a tendency to um, to defer, to, to, to want them to defer to the opposing opinion. Sure. So. Thank you, know. you patriarchy. Right. And, uh, you know, so those are the, the verbal forms of communication. And I think the one that get, gets glossed over a lot is nonverbal communication because yeah. I think that is the – it's one of the biggest ways that we communicate. We and do so much talking in our body language. And a lot of times you don't even necessarily know you're doing yeah. it. You know, so if you, you know, so there's two kind of body stances. The There's what they call the open stance and then a closed stance. And so if you're sitting there with your arms crossed, right? I feel attacked. Yeah, because you're kind of like my literally. My legs and my <laughs> arms are both crossed She's right crossing now. everything and it's just tightening it up in a ball. Now, obviously, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm cold. But other times it is like that to me can show or to a lot of people can show Oh, well, this person's not exactly hearing what I'm saying and not exactly... Almost defensiveness. Right, right. And and then, you know, somebody who's kind of spread out and like a little more open can very well be perceived as a more amenable target of conversation. Which is interesting because there are also times where somebody's closed body language is actually an indicator that they've experienced some sort of trauma. Absolutely. And open body language is actually quite common amongst people with serious mental illness, such as sociopathy. Um, so it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, I didn't know that one. yeah, mm-hmm. it's like uh, this inviting, I'm not dangerous body posture. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the spider that weaves the beautiful web and then when you least expect it, pounces. Um, Why so would you talk about spiders in I, front of me? I think that you, really? I think that you have to, um, like, it's important in this discussion, of course, because I always feel like I have to bring it around to, like, you know, these things, is that 
you don't just look at somebody's closed or open body language mm-hmm. and assume that that means that they are either um, defensive or open to communication. Because sure. it's more than how your body is situated. Um, as therapists, one thing that we're really good at is reading body language. But it's more than just paying attention to how your arms and legs are focused. Right. And I was going to get into that until I was interrupted. Oh, you know what? So, um, yes. So those are kind of like the base of it. But then it's like, you know, what what are my eyes saying? Because, you know, if, if someone says something to me and it sounds a little ridiculous, I might roll my eyes. You do that a lot to me. Nobody asked you. <laughs> um, just oh my God, look at speaking to me today that was called aggressive wow um just demonstrating so right so so we make you know i mean like look at the very basics smiling is a form of nonverbal communication right there think of how many different ways a smile can be interpreted sure as i can interpret yours right now Uh um by the way we joke a lot and our communication to a lot of people might not seem the healthiest, but it's important <laughs> to acknowledge that, you know, it, you you communicate different with different people, right? If I meet a client or meet a new person, I'm not going to communicate oh, the gosh, same no. way I cute with Amanda. Uh, communicate, acute, uh, communicate with Amanda because they're going to be like, "What's wrong with you? Why are you the way you are?" <laughs> And, you know, that's – so that's a kind of difference that is important. Right, because people way, might hear you on the podcast and think you're kind of a jerk. Right, and I really don't think I am. He's and, not. Okay. He's not. See, yeah. thank you. Therapists tend to have, like, a very twisted, dark sense of humor. And it's called we, a coping skill. We, we have gone through a lot together mm-hmm. with uh, with different populations of people that we've worked with. So mm-hmm. our uh, our communication style tends to be more sarcastic, mm-hmm. but there's a deep respect between the both of us. That's exactly. important. Yes. And we do talk about really important things. Oh, absolutely. Like we've had fights and we've hashed it out. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I usually win, but... See, and then you make comments uh- <laughs> like that. <laughs> So anyway, um, I think the point is, is that you need to have in any communication you have with somebody, mm -hmm. there needs to be an understanding that that communication feels safe for both people. Absolutely. And the point at which it doesn't feel safe, that you have the ability to talk to the other person about how they're making you feel. Because there are definitely times where I'm Mm -hmm. not in the mood to banter with Ryan, or Mm -hmm. he's not in the mood to banter with me, or I say something or he says something that just hits a little too hard. And we have the mutual respect to where we will say to the other person, ooh, like, I I didn't like that, or that Mm -hmm. made me feel a certain way. Or we take a break for a minute and come back later and say, hey, that thing that you said to me really bothered me. And I know it wasn't like that you didn't intend to, it just sort of pinged something inside of me. And I think that's the difference between healthy and unhealthy communication. Mm -hmm. Because you and I could sit here and we could be secretly angry at each other all the time. Like it would be super easy to just be angry at each other all the time. Um, But that wouldn't be healthy. And so if you're in a relationship with somebody and there's banter, but it's not uh, it doesn't feel respectful or when something is said and you don't feel like you have the space to talk about it, then that is not healthy. Right. Just as an aside. Right. And, you know, so I do a lot of couples work um, in, in my role. And, you know, I will tell you right now, nine times out of 10, the biggest issue when people come to me is communication. And the 
one of the biggest problems kind of going off of what Amanda said is this assumption, right? And I think that a lot of times, especially if we have like our own core messages, like if I have an own, my own core message about that I'm perceived a certain way or that I'm, you know, not good enough, and then my partner does something that triggers that, triggers that or, or, or I, you know, they say they something, say something. That, yeah. that implies that that's what they that mean. That personalization piece. Right. You personalize it and then you assume they meant the, the absolute harshest way possible. And they right? had no idea. Right. And that's a thing. Like, you know, don't assume they mean the worst possible context. What happens when you assume? You make an IOS out of you and me. <laughs> right, that's how it's spelled. A-S-S-U-M-E. Wow, really? You, mm-hmm. you just in to... case nobody ever... I mean, not everybody puts two and two together. I'm just making it easier. Well, it's four people. Two and two is four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Okay. So anyway... Um, yeah, so so that's one of the biggest pieces is this assumption that, you know, they're they're trying to be mean or and it's not always a partner, you know, this can be at work. You know, your boss says something like, Hey, you know, I haven't got that report yet. Can you get it into me? And, you know, part of you can be like, Oh my god, they're they're mad at me. I failed. Such I did I didn't get it in, in time, I'm gonna get fired. And and in reality it's just like just a reminder or right. you know what I mean? Like, you know, don't always attribute things to malice because a lot of times that's not what I'd the, say the most claim. times. Yeah. Unless you're in an abusive relationship, and which is a whole like nother a story. Whole different. Right. Situation. So that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think those are, uh, I don't, what? do you want to go back to nonverbal? Cause should. I feel like we didn't yeah. cover enough of it. We probably should. I think we kind of derailed there. Um, so what are some other nonverbal, Cues. Um, finger pointing. Okay. Boo boo boo! Finger guns. Okay. <laughs> Middle finger. Calm down, Shooter McGavin. <laughs> um, I mean, nonverbal cues can be the way that you hold your head. It can mm-hmm. be the way that you hold your mouth. It can be your eyebrows. It can be the way that your body posture is. Mm-hmm. It can be the way that your legs and your feet are. It's literally um, the the totality of mm-hmm. how you're presenting your body. Right. And, you know, one of the examples I like to think of is it, if you, you probably have seen it, the sculpture of the thinker, as they call it. Yes. You know, it's the guy sitting there with his head on his chin, kind of like look leaning forward. And like that. Like to a lot of people, when you look at that or you see somebody there with their head on their chin, you're like, what are you thinking about? Like, it's this I think assumption. It's like he's going to the bathroom. Well, that's another. Well, you may be thinking while you're going to the bathroom, right. but you're thinking, right? So, you know, that's kind of another example of that. Um, you know, and a lot of people, myself included, are very uh, expressive with their hands when they talk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm doing all this that you can't see. But if you're in the room with me, you know, you you see me doing these things and it, you know, can not necessarily change, but add to the experience of the conversation. Right. And we've, we've been told by a couple of people that we should do um, YouTube videos of us recording our podcast. Right. Because the experience is much different here in the room with us, where you Mm -hmm. see our facial expressions, our hand gesticulations, and the way that our body is when we speak. Um, Right. It it gives a little bit of a different message. Sure. 
Sure. Which is why we, I think, which is why we try so hard to be so expressive in our voice. Yes. So that it matches the body language. Agreed. You know, so we, we've talked about communication. And I think one of the biggest things that we need to cover that go along with communication, but you might not think of, is listening. Right? This is the, I would argue, the biggest part of communication. Cornerstone. Yes. One might say. If one did. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a huge part of what is involved. Sorry, it sounded more dramatic. Yeah, like, wow, I was really listening and yeah. waiting for some, you know, but you massive. know, and and when I like I said, when I work with com- couples in communication, it's not just how you talk to your partner, but it's listening to your partner because a lot of us don't do that. Like when you're in an argument, nine times out of ten, you you hear the very first thing they say, and then you're already working on your comeback. Right. And what happens is like part of your brain stops listening so you can start working on that comeback. And that only leaves another portion of your brain to portion. Yeah. Portion. The portion of your brain. So sorry, Miss Grammar person. I don't know. Um, so that only leaves another portion of your brain to actually listen to what they're saying. They say you lose like 10% of intelligence when you're fighting with emotion and mm-hmm. not, you know, actually sitting and having a right discussion with your brain. And, you know, so like one of the activities I do with people who are having a discussion and it does, again, we say argument, but a lot of times it's not always an argument. It's just a simple communication is I will have the couple sit there and I will have one person say something to their partner. Do you want to demonstrate active listening? Uh, Okay, let's do it. Okay, go ahead. Well, do we want to tell what? Okay, fine. Explain what active listening is first. Oh, I'm so sorry. I brought it up. Um, Do you want to explain it? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Active listening is when somebody talks to you and then you repeat back to them in a different way to assure that you understand and give them the opportunity to tell you whether or not you heard what they said. Right. Because this forces you to not work on your comeback, but to then listen to what they're saying and be able to repeat it back and what you heard. Because a lot of times what they say and what you hear might be a little bit different. Right. And it offers that opportunity, one, for them to get the clarification or for you to get the clarification and them to offer it. And then for you to then be able to respond in a better way, because now you have the whole picture. Can we do first the not hearing correctly? And can I be the listener? Sure. To repeat back? Yes. Okay. Are you going to actually repeat back? Well, I'm not going to hear you properly. I know. So go ahead. Okay. So, you know, Amanda, I really am frustrated that, you know, you don't seem to listen when I talk sometimes and you kind of always want to chime in with the next thing. What I hear you saying, Ryan, is that you think that I'm a failure and that if I just stood up to the patriarchy, that things would be a lot better for me, but I don't. Okay. That is not at all what I said, <laughs> right? So, and that, and then what I would, I would explain what I meant, right? Or what I thought I said. I said, no, 
I just get the impression it feels to me like you are not hearing what I'm saying and that you want to respond before hearing me. And I'm just asking that you listen to me and hear what I say before coming up with your response. So what I hear you saying, Ryan, is that it frustrates you when I respond to you before you're done telling me how you feel. Exactly. I will try really hard not to interrupt you when you're telling me how you feel. And I appreciate you saying that you were going to really try to not interrupt me when I'm telling you how I feel. Okay. All right. So that's an example of a good and bad. Well, bad and good, I guess you can do it reverse. Yeah, we did good the second time. The second time we was good. We performed well. Uh, well. So very well. So, yeah. So that's like a a, a huge part of it. Um is this activity and, and you know, like I encourage you try it with one of your friends, try it with your partner, try it with somebody be like, okay, let's sit down and have this conversation. You're going to tell me something and I have to repeat back. It's not a word for word repeat. You're not trying to do that. It's, and it feels silly. At first. It does feel silly. It feels super silly. Um, you know, but try it and just repeat back what you're hearing, right? What, what did you hear them say? Not literally, but, like emotionally or the message they got. Sorry. You started, you started to have some emotional feelings. Apparently being heard that or indigestion. One or the other, I'm not sure, but you know, and, and <laughs> it's funny because when I work with couples, <clears throat> excuse you me. Okay. Over there. I'm dying. Um, a lot of times they'll start doing this to me, right? They'll start list the, when I tell them to do this activity, They'll listen to their partner, then they'll turn and look at me and repeat back what they heard. And I'm like, no, 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 don't tell me, tell them, (laughs) right? Tell them what's going on. So, you know, that's a really good activity and um, that I encourage you to try and that a lot of therapists were going to utilize in some way. It's a great, great tool. So let's talk about some ways listening, how not to listen, (laughs) right? (laughs) That, That we often do. Um, so, and also in, in communication in general. So you have some people who talk too much, right? I feel attacked again. <laughs> well, the shoe fits. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm going to totally personalize that I now. know. Well, maybe you shouldn't assume ill will, mm. although that kind of was, um, <laughs> it, with talking too much. Like if, if we're having a conversation and I'm talking nonstop, Like, you can't get a word in without, like, saying, would you shut up, please, or stop talking or interrupting me, right? So, you know, being mindful of that. And, like, when you're – especially in, like, a group of people, there are some people who are very uncomfortable talking a lot in a group but also have something to say. And if the conversation never, like, pauses for a split second – a lot of people can feel very left out because they're like, well, I can't get a word in so I'm just going to – be quiet here. And the the um the onus is on the talkers. Speakers. I just want to say that um there is a responsibility of the people that are quieter to sure. you know learn some skills to be able to speak. However, as somebody who talks a lot, um I think it's important to point out that that we do have to be sort of aware that it's important to share space. Mm-hmm. You know, there are those of us, myself included, um, 
Ryan is one of them too, so it's all good. Um, who who really do become passionate about certain topics or mm-hmm. certain things. Um, and so it's on us to to be aware of who's around us in these conversations because part of listening and part of commun- or part of communication and part of listening is paying attention mm-hmm. to the room. It's reading the room. Sure. You know, if you're if you're giving a speech in class or talking to somebody and people are like kind of looking away or or doing stuff, you know, maybe the way I'm communicating isn't as effective and I need to change something up, right? So going off of that, you know, interrupting is another one. And this what? is something what? interrupting. Wait, what did, wait, what? Did you stop? Knock, knock. <laughs> knock, knock. So interrupt. No, knock, knock. Let's do it. Who's there? Interrupting cow. What? Just say Interrupting it. cow. Moo! God. <laughs> Help me. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. So interrupting, as that horrid example explained. This is something, and you know, this is really a common thing that people do, not always intentionally, not always ill will, but you want to get your point in. So you you add something to the conversation, right? Basically this entire podcast. Basically, yes. But that's also kind of how we do this. So, you know, again, there's not really this like animosity with us in doing this do we have times where we have arguments or disagreements about interrupting yes yes and that is something that is uh, we're working on it right okay also responding when i talk okay well well good talk i didn't want to interrupt oh my god i've been asking you a question you (laughs) jerk okay so that's a, a big thing that can very and it very easily can put you off a conversation. You know, if you're interrupting me constantly, I'm going to stop talking. Right. Why do I want to put myself through that? And um, the two things that that often happen in a communication when you're struggling to be assertive is not sharing how you feel right. and not asking for what you need. Again, these are not demands. These are not saying you have to do this. But also, if you do not say like. I really need a hug from you right now. You can't get mad. You can't get mad, right? Because I think, and this is something that, again, happens in a lot of relationships I see is that, you know, it's like, well, they don't ever, you know, do something for me when I'm feeling a certain way. And I'm like, did you tell them how you're feeling? Well, no, they should just know. Right. The reality of it is, is that we've all been, and I hate to use the word trained, but that is what it is. Like we've all been trained to read people differently. And we Mm -hmm. all grew up in different families of origin where there was a different comfort level with expression of Mm -hmm. emotion, expression of care, expression of language. Um, And so assuming that somebody else knows what you need when you're not telling them what you need is. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, and then you get mad at the person for not giving you what you need. Right. Well, you didn't ask for it. You also didn't share it. And like, nobody is a mind reader, right? You know, we, we can't, because if we could do that, then my job would be super easy, right. but it's not. So, you know, that's something, you know, to keep in mind is like, okay, well, am I asking for it? And knowing that you might not get what you asked for. And that's sometimes the way it is, but you know, you have to be willing to at least express it. And that's really important. And I think that, you know, one of the benefits of therapy, because, you know, we always like to talk about the benefits of therapy, mm-hmm. is that you learn your communication style 
through therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're sitting with somebody else and you can sort of explain, you know, the dynamics of your relationships and, and you're communicating with your therapist, that's a really good person to sort of give you feedback mm-hmm. on what it is you might be able to work on in order to be heard um, to be listened to, to get more of what you want out of your communication with others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, really important. You know, like going back to interrupting, are there times it's important to interrupt? Absolutely. If they're telling you a story or, you know, explaining something to you and you're not understanding, it's perfectly okay to say, wait right. a minute, I don't understand what can you explain this piece of it? Right. Versus, you know, Oh, that reminds me of this one time, you know, it's like, well, I didn't finish. We call those people story stealers. Yes. Well, I use another word, but I won't say it on air. Yeah. But, uh, but they are story stealers. The technical Correct, term right? is story stealers. Right. And, um, you know, I think that the whole reason we did this topic today is because we wanted to change it up. You know, last week was kind of heavy. The last few weeks have been kind of heavy. <laughs> the last few years have been kind of heavy, it feels like. But, you know, we wanted to change it up. And and while, you know, when you say communication, it sounds like a totally... Broad? Well, I was going to say short topic. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, talking. Okay, check. Right? But there's a lot more into it, you know? And, you know, something that, I, you know, I also want to touch on here is... The term you used earlier, mansplaining. Which you do a lot of. Okay, there is... Because you are a man explaining things. <laughs> so why don't you define mansplaining and explain it to us? So mansplaining is a behavior that uh, typically it's men, hence why it's called mansplaining. Not always, but typically. I said typically. I oh my just... gosh, why are you mansplaining mansplaining to me? Because <laughs> that's the whole point Thank of it. Thank you for the example. You're welcome. It's when someone explains to you something that you already know with the assumption that you don't already know it. Mm-hmm. And it's not always an ill will type thing. It's really not. No, but also it it is something that like, I, I will honestly admit I'm very guilty of it because I've done it on more than one occasion. And you know, it is something that you don't realize you're doing when you're doing it for at least for most yeah, people. And it's definitely not only men that do it. There's mm-hmm. plenty of women that do it. Sure. Um, it's just culturally, there's sort of this expectation that men know more than women mm-hmm. about topics that are stereotypically male. Sure. Um, and so there's, that's where the mansplaining comes from. Right. Is that women right. couldn't possibly understand this topic. So they need a man to explain it to them. And, you know, it's not that, you know, Oh, you you know about I know nothing about astrophysics and you're gonna explain it to right. me. That's not mansplaining, it's right? It's to assume that because I'm a woman and I have a car, I don't know why my car is making the noise that it is. So sure. you explain that to right. me. Right. Or, you know, you're assuming that I don't know something else. I don't try is to think. Is that because you know everything you think? I mean, I don't like to brag, but I kinda <laughs> do. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, I there, There is just, you know, again, it goes back to assumptions. And my think, favorite is when people try to explain to me something that I do for my job. Yes. When they don't do that job. It's a good point. That's my favorite. Yeah. Can you think of a good example? No, of that? because it would be literally throwing certain people. Like they would listen to this podcast and know mm. I was talking about them. You know who you are. So that that's all that matters is that they know who they are. <laughs> okay. 
So that is our topic for today, a communication. I really appreciate the way that you and I communicate, Ryan. I, it's like a really good balance. It is a good balance. Of sarcasm, wit, intelligence. With respect. Right. Mostly from my side. <laughs> oh, kill so me now. Really? That was not appropriate. You're right. I apologize. Thanks. <sighs> okay, so as always, we love feedback. We love hearing from you what topics you think we should discuss. There are multiple ways of getting in touch with us. You can also follow us on our various social media sites. Um, and France, we still see you. I'm so curious to know who the one listener from France is. I'm just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I just want you to reach out and tell us who you are. Anyway. But we love all of you. I mean, we love all of our listeners, but I'm just, my curiosity is killing me to know who this one person is in France that listens to us. Anyway, um, you can find us on Facebook at Worth the Work with Amanda and Ryan. You can also find us on Instagram at Worth the Work underscore. You can find us at our website at worththework.net. Or you can email us at worththeworkcounseling at gmail.com. So, Ryan, this was great. It was great. And remember, folks, the, the work is, is worth it. Because I don't remember our, our tagline. Seriously? Yeah, I literally just forgot it's our tagline. It's literally just, and remember. Oh, right. And, Ryan, what do folks need to remember? Well, you have to say the first part. What? What? Am I remembering? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's talk about communication. <laughs> and you are. Oh, oh. And you are. Worth the work. Until next time, folks. Bye. <laughs>